Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show, Ollie Hunter, Will Gav, reunited and it feels so good. Yeah, reunited, Will's back from the States. I'm here, I've always been here, but I just wasn't used on the last pod. I'm absolutely gutted, I didn't get the email. Did not get the email. Anyway, we will be breaking down Thursday Night Football, previewing week two of the NFL. There'll be a bit of news littered in elsewhere as well. This is The Gridiron Show. Yeah, I'm good. I mean, we are reunited, but uh, not not together, not together at last. Yeah, but together by the means of technology. (laughs) Couldn't stand actually being in the same room as you. Surely not. Uh, That's fair. To be honest, I'm in one of those little tiny news booths, so us doing a podcast in here would get really cozy very quickly. We'd maybe end up with some mono. (laughs) <laughs> very good yeah well, there you I go only have one of them already yeah that's you true no 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 you've just you're the one that's just been out in the states getting mono uh, I've not caught any mono I didn't go to any Jets games good man good man how was it what was uh, I mean I know I've asked you this already but for the for the purposes of of the listeners how was the states uh, yeah it was fantastic um, the 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 fact is, is it was a, um, it was very much a working holiday in that we didn't have a lot of free time outside of doing work bits, but we managed to have a couple of nights and, you know, me and Sherry had a lovely time in Boston, just the two of us, got very romantic, obviously. Yeah, it was good. It was, you know, absolutely, absolutely lovely. I quite like Boston when I went. I didn't go for football. Uh, I got stranded there for a day. And uh, went to the aquarium, went to Harvard, had a wander around Harvard, which was weird. Um, had a nice Brazilian meal before I knew about... Portuguese. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed Boston, but I found it quite anti-English. Um, well, there is that. There is the whole, you know, Paul Revere's house and all that kind of thing yeah. is, is absolutely everywhere. Um, uh, there is that element... There's also the uh, the fact that it it's obnoxiously um, proud of its sports teams. Now, I, I, there's nothing wrong with being proud of your sports teams, and obviously they've had a ludicrous amount of success. But all the kind of title town stuff, etc., is uh, yeah, it's all it, it can all be a tad obnoxious. It's just a bit much. Say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, there I got gotcha. you. I got you. 
But otherwise, yeah, I had a wonderful time with Sherry and we did got some good work done. Yeah, some great stuff. content. And it's all worth going back and having a look at again if you haven't already. Um, some great stuff that you lads did out there. Brilliant, in fact. Uh, and we and we saw some uh, and we saw some bang average football <laughs> uh, compared with the fact that I could have been to. The original plan was potentially to fly from Boston to New Orleans for that stunning Monday night. Game. Oh yeah, and we've not done a podcast since then, so we should probably mention oh, yeah. the two games on Monday night. Um, the Saints winning out over the Texans, thanks to that last minute field goal, but. Just you know, as uh, a very quick assessment, wow, Deshaun Watson looked absolutely superb in that game. Um, I think the offensive line issues, bringing Laramie Tunsil was never going to be a, a fix-all thing. Uh, and he gave up a couple of those six sacks himself. Uh, as the, I mean, Watson was responsible for a couple of them as well. But, you know, it will be that will be embedding in process. But I'm not I still think that, you know, playing the Jags this weekend, as we'll talk about, I don't think their line is is fixed by any stretch of the imagination. And, um, you know, the, the, the Oakland Raiders, the three rookies looked very good. The, the They looked like a more talented team. I still think that they should have absolutely trounced that Broncos side who couldn't get anything done in the red zone. And actually, the, the, if the Broncos offense had been ever so slightly more efficient, they wouldn't have necessarily won this game with such ease. Uh, you know, a lot of field goals scored, etc. But, you know, I, I have to hold my hands up and say, week one, Gruden wins the Gruden versus you and I argument for <laughs> his relevancy in the NFL. I mean, did he win? Uh, the, the Broncos weren't uh, good no, at all. He, I don't know, he, man. He absolutely, he absolutely won week one, but it is a 17-week season, and their upcoming matches are absolutely farcically difficult. Like, that will be the excuse when Raiders fans who come at us on social media say, oh, you're not giving them enough credit, mm. when they go one and six or two and five over the coming weeks when they play the Chiefs, the Vikings, the Colts, the Bears, the Packers, the Texans over their next six games. Um, but, you know, suck it up. Okay. Get over yourself. Okay. All right. Gruden one, gridiron nil. That's fine. Or the gridiron show nil. Yeah. Uh, we can't tarnish Matthew Sherry, who I think still believes a little bit in, in the Grudenator. Um, I, I thought... Too th- much. Yeah, exactly. I thought the the first Monday Night Football game was just brilliant. The Saints really couldn't get much going uh, until kind of the fourth quarter. But Deshaun Watson... And if um, if uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins could catch the ball in the first half, they could have put it out of sight. So I thought it was a great game. Really great game. Almost that game was the antithesis to Thursday Night Football last night where... Um, the Panthers, it, they looked like two teams that only had three games, uh, three days to prepare. And the Panthers were marginally worse than the Bucks. But the Buck, it, there was the shoddy play calling. There was p- shoddy play execution, shoddy quarterback play from both until Jameis Winston started to get a little bit going. Um, and some shoddy refereeing. It was, it was not great. Also, some shoddy, <laughs> some shoddy camera work at the beginning because of fox news or fox trade rules when there's lightning in the area 
they the the cameraman um don't have to go out and man the cameras so for the yes, first they had to use the old wire cam for the first quarter quarter and a half didn't they there was wire cam and there was um i i think didn't we go to that we didn't go but there was a very similar camera position when we went to stamford right at the top of the stadium you know maybe back row of of Wembley if you want to if you want to make that sort of comparison yeah, there's like one one kind of random hard cam yeah. uh, on one side look the thing is i think all of those lightning delays and everything can have part of the fact that this was quite a sluggish game of football it was compelling because it stayed tight mm. throughout and it you know for the fact that it stayed on an extra hour i managed to stay up and watch the whole thing so you know it wasn't completely dull um i thought that defensively the bucks were very impressive i thought they managed to keep christian mccaffrey under control yeah. considering just how much he'd managed to absolutely run over those new orleans saints uh last week uh, sorry not the saints wrong nfc south team they <laughs> they all play each other eventually um uh, yeah, considering his performance against the Rams last week, um, you know, I, I, I thought that actually there were real positives for this game from the Bucks, and I think that there is enough talent on both these sides that when they come to London, they will have a more compelling game of football from a quality perspective. A couple of other things just to highlight is. Um, I'm convinced that uh, Chris Godwin is an absolute superstar. You'll know that because we were in about four fantasy leagues together, Ollie, and I kept taking him in every league. Yeah. And he had a great game last night. Eight passes, nine targets for a career-high 121 yards and a touchdown, uh, plus their running backs. Peyton Barber had an excellent game last night, and the second-year guy, Ronald Jones, who looked really good against the 49ers, looked good in, in fits and starts. I do think Cam Newton, from a Panthers' perspective, is their worry this season. I'm, I'm not necessarily buying the shoulder as being a problem, actually, off the back of the surgeries. He had some deep balls where he had the power on it, but his accuracy is all over the shop. So, not unlike some of the games from week one, I'm not willing to take too much from it because of the short week, etc. Mm. I think they'll put on a better showing in London with a full week to, to prepare and having coming off the back of this game. But, yeah, the Panthers falling to 0-2. To when a lot of people fancied them as, as a dark horse this season, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you and all of that. He was just so scattergun or sporadic with his throws, wasn't he? Some, some of them were on a dime, and then others you're thinking, who is he throwing to there? What, what has he seen? What's going on? Yeah, um, you're right. It was an, in, it was an intriguing game. Maybe from an offensive point of view, I was expecting a bit more from the Panthers, and that's why I was a bit disappointed. It's a great, great place to watch football. Really great place to third, watch football. Third down issues played oh, both teams, yeah, um, and it was it was ugly to watch yeah. at times. But you know, it is what it is. It was still a tight game of football. It was still compelling. It was still better than either the games I went to last week. Um, <laughs> it it was what it was. Should we crack on and preview the uh, weekend games? Yes, let's do that. There'll be some news to discuss around the around these games, of course. Um, let's start off with, I think, a really actually genuinely compelling matchup uh, from the perspective of two teams who I'm not sure whether we saw what they're going to be for the rest of the season on opening weekend as the Cardinals travel to Baltimore to face the Ravens. If you're the Cardinals, 
you simply can't be terrible for three quarters like they were against the Lions and get away with it against this Ravens side. But for the Ravens, this is their first actually competitive game of football for the season. So, you know, is that offence going to look anywhere near as good against the Cardinals' defence that had Terrell Suggs was unbelievable mm. against the Lions last week. He had a brilliant performance and he's returning to Baltimore where he was so good. I mean, for a man his age, absolutely unbelievable. Um, and yeah, what's... Lamar Jackson, I definitely am buying it right now. I still wonder with a full year of performances on film how well they're going to be able to keep innovating that offence. But yeah, I, I'm... I'm I think this is compelling, even though I expect a Ravens win. Yeah, I expect a Ravens win. I think they'll they'll get into Kyler Murray's face. They saw how the Lions did it and 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 dealt with him um, in the first those first three quarters. And I wasn't impressed with Kyler Murray at all. I, at one point, I said Kyler Murray will be playing baseball by this time next year. I don't think that will be the case. Obviously, uh, um, I'm I'm going to tell you. I think you're wrong. No, I no, I, Murray no, that's what I'm really saying. Good game, top to bottom last week. I think people, I think the play calling was really poor. I think Cliff Kingsbury looks out of his depth. I actually think Kyler Murray made some good throws in the first three quarters as well. But guys weren't getting open because the this idea of the spread offense wasn't allowing them to get open. And he managed to stay in the pocket, show some good poise, didn't do anything stupid. Uh, you know, I, I actually thought he wasn't playing badly through three quarters. He was just being chucked in at the wrong end of the pool, as it were. Mm. And then he was forced to make some amazing plays late on, and he did them. I, I have to say, Kyler Murray, people will look at that and go, oh, tough first week. I thought he actually played really well. I, I, I can't disagree with you more for the first three quarters. And then when the Lions actually dropped off and didn't, throw as many men forward, get in his face, get the get make it so that Kyler Murray had to throw over them and they allowed him to kind of move around f- from the pocket and and find those throwing lanes where his height wasn't an issue. I it, I don't know, I think the Lions kind of played into his hands, but yeah. I, I I think it was play design. I really do. I think it was poor coaching rather than mm. poor quarterback play. Okay, well well, um, well we will see we will see um on Sunday, but on Gridiron's the Pickham game, I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I've taken the Ravens yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. And you've gone wild on some of your picks this week, so we'll, uh, yeah. we'll enjoy track about that as well. <laughs> um, uh, the Seattle Seahawks are in Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. These are, you know, the Steelers with a massive point to prove after they were completely anemic against the New England Patriots. And again, I'll tell you, being at that game, Big Ben came in for some stick. I don't think Big Ben played a bad game. Pocket poise, made some good passes. Again, guys just weren't getting open. It was poor coaching, some really bad decisions on on short downs. I just think that, and obviously he can audible, and that's partly Ben's problem, but mm. Steelers have a huge point to prove. Seattle, I think, got really lucky last week. I still think that they are the team. I talked about them being on the preview. Um, but Russell Wilson can always bail them out, just like he did last week. I am... Um, I'm taking the Steelers because I think they'll bounce back, um, and I, I just I'm, not, I'm still not ready to buy into this Seattle team yet. I'd still I don't know the exact um, I don't know the exact stats of it, but I still don't rate West Coast teams going to the East Coast 
especially this early on in the season. Um, and I, yeah, you're right. 49ers did it. That's true. That's true. And <laughs> that's that. What are they still out on the East Coast? We'll get to that in a, in a bit. But um, I, I just I think you're right. The Steelers do have a point to prove. Rushing, they couldn't get anything going. You, the the play design was awful. I didn't see the second half because I knew that when it hit thirty three three, I don't know midway through the third quarter, that was it. I'm I'm off to bed. I don't want to see the the Patriots do this. But I don't know whether the Steelers can be any worse. And the Seahawks, they they just you're right Russell Wilson managed to get them back into it this is a tough game to call considering how good the Seahawks were up front last week and Jadevian Clowney had a really strong debut and they still look like they've got a defensive line they they may get Ziggyanza back if he uh, if he plays any football at all their secondary was dreadful last week Mm. Andy Dalton a career high 418 yards Tedrick Thompson that mistake was awful that he made and, and honestly legion of boom to legion of gloom is what i said on twitter um and and i stand by that i think that big ben will have a much easier week this week but i also think that the steelers defense was picked apart by brady and those crossing routes and actually i think with the receiving talent that russell wilson has in tyler lockett et al they're good route runners so that's if they watch that game film back. Mm-hmm. I know Russell Wilson tends to throw more deep shots than Tom Brady does, but there is there is a template for um, for beating the, uh, the 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 Steelers. The problem is is executing in the same way that the Patriots do isn't necessarily an easy thing. Yeah, I've um, I've got the Seahawks in this one though, so there we go. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my crazy uh, picks. I reckon it, it's one of many. Let's talk Colts Titans. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, look, really looking forward to this game. I think one of the very few AFC Souths that, uh, if you looked at this game before the start of the season, it was. Uh, I'm not really into this, but the way that the Colts played against the Chargers, I think there's an awful lot of positives to be taken out of that. And then the way that Tennessee kind of took apart the Cleveland Browns, made the Browns look like the Browns again. Um, Delaney Walker saying after the game, they are what we thought they would be. No, I mean, he didn't say it that way, but you know what I mean. Just, I think this game is sneakily really, really good. The only time the Titans have beaten the Colts since Andrew Luck came into the league are the two games when Jacoby Brissett played against them in 2017 when, when Luck missed the whole season. Um, nice. Other than that... There was that ridiculous stat of him being 11-0 and 0 over them. I think this is a better Jacoby Brissett than that. The way they came back against the Chargers last week was fantastic, and he was a huge part of that. Still, it's a pretty devastating way to lose, and the Titans are suddenly going to be people's hot team now because of their win over the Browns and the way that they did it. I've got to say, Dean Pease and, and that Titans defence, they looked really, really good against Cleveland. Yeah. Like... You can't just put the blame on uh, on a poor Browns performance or the offensive line being all over the place. They got good pressure. They made the plays when they needed to. Um, I, it looks like uh, the um, the AJ Brown, the guy that took in second round this year, the rookie receiver, uh, had an excellent game. And with him and Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys, 
they've got this weird, like, really unsexy receiving core that could end up making their offense click. Just, again, still not a Mariota guy. He had a good game last week, but not a great game. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I'm taking the Titans because they're at home. But honestly, this is a coin flip for me after the Colts' uh, fourth quarter performance last week. Yeah, Colts' fourth quarter, Marlon Mack going off. T.Y. Hilton proving it doesn't really matter who his quarterback is. He's still going to make plays, score touchdowns, get yards. But, as you said, the Titans are at home. And, um, and that, that defense is just brilliant. That defense, Kevin Byard, oh my God, one of my favorite players in the league. I'm taking the Titans as well. Let's do the other AFC South game. And this is much like the first game we talked about um, uh, the Thursday night football game, a game we're getting in London this year. Uh, this is the Jags going to the Houston Texans. Houston's heavy, heavy favourites in this with Gardner Minshew uh, under centre for the Jaguars. Uh, bizarre, right. I've spent so much time defending Bill O'Brien, both on this show and uh, you know to anyone that will listen. There's a guy who I think came into the league with a lot of ability. There's a guy who has been put in very difficult situations and still managed to to make this team relevant year in year out. Uh, it, I think he's done a fantastic job there. I think he's a really good coach, but giving him the amount of power that he's got as coach and GM. Mm. That's fine when you're Bill Belichick and you are the most steady, level-headed, situational-based guy that there is in the league. But parting ways with Aaron Colvin after just one season, after he basically had a rough game against the Saints, he was, I believe, their best defensive back that they had left there, certainly their best cornerback they had left there. And okay, he's more of a slot guy than he is a safety, but... This feels like an absolutely emotional decision from Bill O'Brien, not an intelligent, thought-out, cool-headed decision, but frustration and anger at the situation. And he has made his team worse because of that. And their secondary already got picked on by the Saints and by Drew Brees, particularly late on in that game last week. So do you know what? If the Jacks' defence looks better than they did against the Chiefs and... If they manage to get just the Garner Minshew is a difficult call because he came in and he was very level headed against uh, against that Chiefs team and actually had a pretty decent game for a sixth round rookie, particularly. But it's not going to take a lot for them to hang with the Texans in this game. They've had the absolute beating with them on the defensive versus offensive line front for a while. And I'm just Bill O'Brien, shame on you for making a decision in the moment that you just didn't need to make. Wow, really throwing some shade at Bill O'Brien. Couple of things. Firstly on the um on the Texans, should they be worried about JJ Watt not having a tackle or a quarterback kit for the first time in 105 career games? Sorry, what? So JJ Watt didn't have a tackle or a quarterback hit oh, right. for the first time in 105 games, should they be worried about that? Yeah, guess what? When what? you trade away a player like Davian Clowney, people can just put two, three guys on JJ Watt. And do they have another playmaker? Do they have another guy who can do something special, who can always be a one-on-one? I get why Clowney was moved on from. I get that they weren't going to be able to afford to pay him and Watson and Hopkins and Watts 
all the kind of size of contract they feel that they deserve as players and probably do deserve as players. But losing Clowney, they are relying on some of the rest of that Texan squad to, mm. to do something if JJ Watt is kept quiet. And they did a good job of keeping JJ Watt quiet. I, I mean, it was an unbelievable performance from his, uh, the, the second year tackle. Ryan Ramchick is the, the guy that they took high in the draft last year, the Saints. He had a brilliant performance against Watt. Do the Jags have that sort of talent on the offensive line? Probably not yeah. at the moment. But if you double him, I don't know who else is making the plays on that front seven. There's some guys there, but they're just guys. <laughs> there are some guys there, but they're just guys. And secondly, uh, have you, as have, I would say, was it one quarter of, of the gridiron team, have you gone for the Minshew, Mustachio, Gote combo? Absolutely not. A nice little ginger uh, one, yeah? <laughs> Uh, no, I am. I will not be minchewing out. I'm afraid. <laughs> no, neither. Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> neither will I. Look, uh, I think he he had a nice little chemistry with DJ Chark, a guy that we know well, friend of the show. 146 yards off four receptions. If DJ Chark and Chris Conley, DD Westbrook can get into that Texan secondary, if Minshew can get them the ball, they could have a field day. But Again, because the Texans are at home, I'm just about taking the Texans. Given that, I think, talent-wise, Watson is better than Minshew. Hopkins is better than Chark or Westbrook. Carlos Hyde is better than Leonard Fournette. So on offense, that's where I'm leaning towards. The, the Jags had a rough game against the best offense in football last week. But despite the fact that they gave up quite a lot of points and the secondary struggled and losing Miles Jack when they did was was rough because they need those coverage linebackers in the system they play. Yada, 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 yada. Josh Allen still managed to look like an absolute monster. Um, I think that battle up front between the Jags' defensive line and the Texans' offensive line, as it has with this game so much over the last three years, will be huge for this. I have taken the Texans... But I'm not. I, I think the eight and a half point favourite that the Texans are is really flattering, and I would. Expect, I think the Jags will will keep in this game. I really do. Willie, shall we take a little break and then get into the rest of Sunday's games? Bang in! Let's do it. Four days like no other. A festival like no other. For a bookmaker like no other. Bet Fred. Get up to £40 in free bets when you sign up using promo code CHELT40 and stake £10 on any Cheltenham race. Bet Fred at the heart of Cheltenham. 18 plus, new UK customers only. Available from March 6th to March 13th. £30 free bets credited within 10 hours of first bet settlement. Extra £10 free bets credited if first bet loses. Full terms at betfred.com slash promotions. Keep it fun. BeGambleAware.org. Right, that was a nice cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Thank you for that. Uh, You're welcome. Sorry, carry on. So, someone at work didn't know what a builder's tea was the other day. They asked for a builder's tea. What? And so I was going to make them a builder's tea. And that's not what they meant at all. They just meant a standard tea, not like a fancy tea. And I'm like, no, no. Builder's tea is very specific. Yeah. It's milky, two sugars. You know, there is a there is something. It means something. There's a formula there. It's, it's Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, I did not have a builder's tea. 
but I did have a lovely cuppa, so it was perfect. Well done, mate. Well done, buddy. Uh, let's talk about the game that is only... The New England Patriots are only 18.5-point favourites in this game, and I get that they are going to Miami, where it is hot at this time of year, where they have a poor record. Miami, they're looking like they might be moving on from Minka Fitzpatrick, their first-round pick. This is the problem with trying to tank in the NFL. It's not like when you've only got four or five players of note like you do in the NBA. You still have to be able, when you have a 53-man roster, when you go and make seven first and second round picks next year and bring in a load of guys on free agency, there still has to be a base of 15 to 20 talented players already on your team if you're going to make a big, big leap. And everyone's going to want to leave. It's a short career, the NFL. If Minkovic's Patrick's going as well, this Dolphins team are going to be even worse. I feel genuinely bad for Brian Flores. Genuinely, genuinely bad for the fact that he is a first-year coach who did a phenomenal job with that Patriots defence last year. He's going through this humbling time uh, down in South Beach. But, I mean, is there much more to say about the Patriots we've not already said? I mean, Antonio Brown could be back playing this week. Uh, give... <laughs> There was some talk about him being put on an exempt list, given the allegations midweek. You've probably, all the listeners out there have probably listened to many more informed people than you and I well, so talking about. We had um, this. We, we had Ben Verlin from the Boston Globe on TalkSport 2 the day that, that all of that came out. Um, and, you know, being a great reporter, he had all the legal side of things ready for us. And it's different. It's a different system to what it is here in the in the UK, because this is a civil lawsuit. She's not bringing criminal charges against Antonio Brown. She's essentially suing Antonio Brown for rape. So he is free to keep playing in the league because it's a civil lawsuit rather than a criminal lawsuit. Now, they could have made the decision if they felt that the accusations were serious enough that... They could have still put him on the exempt list, but it was a lot less likely. Antonio Brown posting videos from Tom Brady's trainer's facility that he has just off campus at New England. And obviously, you know, there was all this talk about Brady offering him a place at his house. Uh, the, the more and more that happens with this, I know we've had this situ- this sexual assault allegation, but I'm becoming more and more devastatingly convinced that Antonio Brown is going to work out just fine in New England. And we're going to be watching them play in Miami, not just this weekend, but again, the first weekend of February. Yeah, sadly, sadly. Uh, I think 18 and a half points is generous, regardless of whether Antonio Brown plays or not against the Dolphins. Massive New England win. Uh, Cowboys, they head to Washington off that really impressive offensive performance last week and uh, with a very good defence as well. This Cowboys look like they could be one of the class of football, but much like we talked about with the Ravens, they did it against a talent-poor Giants team. So Washington, in loss, looked impressive against Philadelphia and it's an old NFC East matchup. I'm just, just saying maybe this will be be a bit tighter than a lot of people will expect after seeing uh, the uh, Dak Prescott machine last week. I, I'm, is there much worse than, not necessarily British Cowboys fans, but American Cowboys fans on Twitter after they've dismantled a team? I don't think there is. They are, uh, yeah, they are one of the worst fan bases it's on almost, social media. 
almost... I know some lovely Cowboys fans, yeah. but they're not good on the internet. It's almost insufferable. It's a, it's a nightmare. Look, Washington did look good. Haskins goes out. Keenum comes in. Keenum looks looks really good. Keenum's a, a, a maybe... I wonder if you can call him a backup. He may be what, the best backup in the league. Now that he's come in, he'll he'll start on Saturday uh, on Sunday against Dallas. He looked good. He had a, a c- good connection with McLaurin and Chris Thompson. Um, Geis is going to be out. We may see the return of of Adrian Peterson. I don't think the, the Cowboys. It's going to be the number one back. Just to say, it sounds like that's going to be the yeah. case. And I know I saw someone drop him in one of my fantasy leagues. I was like, picked up immediately. <laughs> Yoink! Look, I think. Um, I don't think the Dallas Cowboys can be that good again, regardless of, of of how interesting their trio of receivers, Gallup, Cooper and Cobb, all look. I'm, I think I'm taking Washington in, in this game. I think I've got a sneaky little feeling that they'll bounce back. They looked okay against the Eagles for the first three quarters. I'm going, I'm taking Washington. Although on my gridirons pick them, I've taken the Cowboys. I'm switching. I'm going to take Washington. Uh, with the Cowboys, uh, what impressed me, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott uh, had a good game without being overused, in air quotes. Um, the, you had the likes of, uh, the, I said that their receiving core was their, one of their weakest points, but actually Gallup had obviously a huge game with the, with the two long catches as well. Uh, Randall Cobb looked like a, a man possessed. He, yeah. Like playing in that Cole Beasley role, it's the best we've seen from him in some time. Um, you know, even Jason Witten made some good plays. So, again, <laughs> not a very good Giants team, but this Cowboys team, if they can continue that momentum, they do look good. I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys. Well, we talked about that talent poor Giants team. They welcomed the Bills into their building. We might be talking about the 2 0 Buffalo Bills come the end of uh, Sunday. I, you know what? Impressive to come back and beat the Jets in the way that they did. And. Their defensive line just absolutely will uh, stop the Giants from making anything like big plays. They're going to have to lean on Saquon Barkley massively here, and they didn't last week. They only ran him 11 times last week for 120 yards. They need to use him as a bell cow if they want to win games of football this season. But I think between the Buffalo Bills, just, just Josh Allen isn't very good. That was the only real surprise about him coming back against the Jets. He's not a good quarterback. Of all the quarterbacks that are currently in the NFL, he's the one I look at most and go, you're not going to be a starting quarterback in two years' time. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't seem to have the poise enough or the, the skills enough as a as a, a, a QB, a field reader, actually even just throwing the ball. Devin Singletree looked good when he came in, but you know he only ran for four four attempts. Buffalo are a hard team. Their defense is hard. Lorenzo Alexander, friend of the show, he played really yeah. well last week. But aging, I don't know. They're a hard, tough team. But I think New York at home may just have a little bit more than Buffalo. Although Buffalo were on the road and they're well, they're going back into the same stadium. That's a bit weird, isn't it? I wonder if that's ever happened before. But um, yeah. I'm I'm going to take New York in this. I'm taking Buffalo. I've taken so many road teams this week; it's ridiculous. Um, I just think their defense is going to be too much for uh, for the Giants. And 
You know, we saw a little bit of uh, uh, what Danny Dimes or whatever they're calling him, Daniel Jones last week. I think we might see a bit more of him again this week. Um, the Detroit Lions and their tie welcomed the Chargers and their early season win into the building. The, for the Chargers, that Colts game was exactly the kind of game, much like the Broncos game we were at last year, that we saw them lose, seen them lose time and time and time again. Mm. And they, they managed to actually put it together. They've had more injury hurt this week with Hunter Henry. I mean, is there a team who has worse luck? Um, Melvin Gordon still not back from the holdout. But actually, the running backs they had in there, Austin Eckler had a really decent game. Um, Justin Jackson uh, was uh, gained nine yards a carry. I don't think he does that. If he's, if he's, you know, uh, sorry, nine yards a play between catches and, and runs. You know, I don't think he does that if you give it to him 25 times. But they showed that Gordon isn't necessarily a needed piece. The way that the Lions collapsed against the Cardinals after being really impressive and after that offense actually got me a little bit hot under the collar with excitement last week. I just, that capitulation makes me think that the Chargers will go in there and handle them. Yeah, I agree with you there. They don't seem to have the the stones or the onions to to maintain a lead. I mean, with, it's so early on in the season that it's difficult to totally quantify what you're saying, but there are some worrying signs for the Lions, the way that they allowed... Arizona to come back into it. The, the I thought the the defensive play calling was not good, but TJ Hawkinson that uh, that tight end may buck the, the the oh great pick and may buck the the trend of tight ends struggling in their rookie season. Um, but that all said, I'm going the the Los Angeles Chargers. I like their offense. I think their offense yeah. is really sexy. And then on defense, when you've got Joey. Bosa there and the rest of the, that supporting cast. I've taken. I'm taking the Chargers. By the way, the Chargers since moving to LA, great road team. They won its la- They won their last six road games in the 2018 regular season. Plus, the, they won in Baltimore. They won eight of nine away from home in 2017. Um, yeah, I, th- I think the Chargers are a, a team that can travel well. And the other thing to keep an eye on in this game is Taylor Decker on the Lions offensive line. He was the guy who was talking about Suggs having an amazing game for a man of his age last week. Gave up two sacks and got called for four penalties. If he plays this weekend, he did have a back injury, but if he plays, they've got Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa coming at him. That could be a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I hope everyone's listened to our NFL 100 podcast because genuinely... I really enjoy doing it. It's really good fun and it's something entirely different to what other people are doing and what we've done previously looking at the history of the game. And the game we focused on this week was a two-time Super Bowl matchup, the San Francisco 49ers and the Cincinnati Bengals. The 49ers have to be better on offense than they were last week. They have to be better on offense than they were last week if they're going to do anything this season. Garoppolo looked rusty. He made... The thing is, then the reason why I'm not absolutely panicking is that Garoppolo still made four or five phenomenal throws last week. He just wasn't quite clicking. It just didn't quite all come together. Mm. Uh, They will have to rely on the run game, I think, a bit in Cincinnati as well. The Bengals losing to the Seahawks. I thought that actually Zach Taylor's offense offered something. I really do. But I think they're coming up against a better... This 49ers team is more talented than the Seahawks team right now. 
Now, they have a phenomenal coach in Pete Carroll, the Seahawks, so that can change as the season goes on and the young players get bedded in. But this is a tougher test, even though they're at home for the Bengals. And I think the 49ers, thanks to their defensive line in particular, they had four takeaways last week, Ollie. Do you remember how many they had last season in total? No, I don't, Will. Seven. It was a historic low. Wow. They've already had more than 50% of their takeaways than last season. I don't think it was a fluke. I think the pressure they're getting on quarterbacks is part of it. Whilst I did have positives for the Bengals last week, I'm taking the 49ers on the road to go 2-0, baby. Well, two of those takeaways were pick sixes. And coming from, I think one was Jaquise Tart and a player that I really liked until he got injured last year. And that's what some of your problem was, was that secondary getting massively depleted because of injuries. Now, keep everyone fit, like they have done at the start of this season, and those will those takeaways will will, will continue. And look, the, the way that Cincinnati were throwing the ball around, Andy Dalton threw for 418 yards last week. Um, I really, I really like this San Francisco team. I was rooting for them to win because of you. You've made this happen to me. Willie Gavin, uh, it's a pit, it's a pity Matt Sherry can't make me root for the for the New England Patriots, but hey ho, I think I can't remember who I've got in this game, but I I kind of want the 49ers, but uh, I think I'm going to I took the Bengals. Yeah, I took the Bengals. I'm not going to change that. Uh, Bengals to go one and one. The 49ers to go one and one. Screw you, buddy. It's fair. Screw you. It's fair. Uh, are, we, are we through the six no. games yet? No, we still have. Uh, there's, there's one game still to go. Yeah, the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers. And this isn't a revenge bit for what you just said, but that Vikings team, for as much as everyone is banging on about the Titans last week, and everyone is banging on about obviously the phenomenal Patriots performance and the Ravens, not under the radar. But the Vikings beat an incredibly decent Falcons team and handily beat them. The offense looks so much better with Gary Kubiak there. I am yet to buy into what the Packers are doing on offense. I think that's fair to say after what we saw on Thursday night football. Mm. I, I think the Vikings are going to come into your building and they're going to give you a whoop down, boy. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Rogers will pull something out of the bag and pull a rabbit out of the, the hat. Green Bay did not look good on defense when it came to the run game and it was a, a mystery why they didn't run the ball more Dalvin Cook looked excellent last week 21 attempts 111 yards um so that's a worry for me on offense I don't I still don't think Green Bay know exactly what they are they're still coming to terms with the Matt Lafleur uh, or Matt Lesnore, as I saw someone uh, tweet, uh, but they're, uh, they're still coming to terms with how that works with Rogers and the freelancing and all of that shebang. But I'm definitely going heart over head in thinking that the Packers will beat the Vikings. That Vikings defense is is awesome, especially the secondary. But I, I've got to take my man. I've got to take my boys. Packers win. Yeah. It's definitely an emotional pick. It is. I'll give you that much. It, well, it's one uh, of those crazy ones I was talking about. Isaac went other Zach, buddy. Right, let's swiftly move into the later games. Chiefs, Raiders. Uh, Chiefs win for me. I know the Raiders were very impressive last week. Um, but after, you know, 
going from being a terrible football team to potentially an average football team doesn't mean you're going to beat the best team other than the New England Patriots in the AFC. I'm taking the Chiefs. Yep. Kansas City Chiefs for me as well. Nothing more to say. Cool. Let's uh, <laughs> let's move on then. Um, I'm going to skip what technically is the next game so we can come back and do it in a bit more depth. In fact, actually, all the rest of these games look interesting, so let's go into it anyway. It's the NFC Championship Revenge game. The New Orleans Saints traveling to Los Angeles to face the Rams. Uh, Los Angeles with that 26-23 overtime win against New Orleans. Don't know if you heard, there was a missed PI call in that game. No, this is, that um, is brand new information, man. <laughs> Nobody has mentioned this. It's stunning. Genuinely is stunning. Um, I, I think that element of it, actually, when it comes to... People are trying to downplay it. When it comes to a coach like Sean Payton... There will be an emotional element to this game for the New Orleans Saints. I don't think that can be discounted. It's going to be interesting to see for the Rams. This is their home opener, right? They were on the road last week. Or were they at home last week? The Rams were on the road. So they were in Carolina, weren't yeah. they? Um, so it's going to be interesting to see as a team that got to the Super Bowl but had that really tough performance and were a bit slow to get started last week although they did do well on offense in the end be interesting to see what the reaction is in los angeles are people going wow we've got a super bowl worthy team now let's turn up in our droves for this massive matchup make lots of noise and be really impressive these are just two teams who this is just two really really good football teams i think this is a really really tough game to call it is a tough game to call. It's almost that coin flip. Hashtag fence-sitting Willie. Yeah, yeah, classic Willie. Look, give Alvin Kamara the ball. They didn't seem to do that enough. or They just didn't seem to do that enough against the Texans. I am taking the Saints. I think they... The NFL loves storylines. Jared Goff didn't look that good last week. And the revenge. I thought you got into the game in a real way. Uh, I'm going for the revenge. The Saints' revenge. It's going to happen. Saints win. I think I might have picked the Rams on um, Gridiron Pick'em, but I'm, I'm starting to potentially regret that pick. I, I just think this Saints team is insanely talented. Yes. And what I was saying about Ryan Ramchick having a phenomenal performance last week. No, but this Rams team. I mean, they managed to get run going and they managed to get Todd Gurley going late, although it was against a tired defence. They've got a really good defensive line. Uh, I'm I'm taking the Rams because they're the home side, but honestly, this could go either way, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, Two 0-1 teams who uh, basically had... Well, no, the Broncos didn't have a good defensive performance. They were okay. On defense, two teams who could have won last week with a half decent offense, and yet managed to come into this week zero and one. Um, the fact is, is that Vic Fangio and this knows this Bears defense incredibly well, and you'd hope that they would be able to be some better offensive scheming from the Broncos this week. Just can't buy into Joe Flacco. I feel like this could be a really ugly game of football, but I think it's a really ugly game of football. The Chicago Bears win. Ugly. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be ugly. Who's the it's, Who's the better quarterback? Of this, in of these two in this game. Yeah. 
I thought there was going to be like options given to me there no. because this, the quarterbacks of this game are so bad. Yeah. I didn't think you would dare to ask That's me. what I'm doing. Who's the better quarterback? Could be a better quarterback. Can you tell I'm stalling for time? Um, I think it's it's got to be Flacco. And because the, the Broncos are at home, they had an okay defensive performance. All right, the Bears can't be that bad again on offense. And their defense is legit ridiculous. It makes it a really tough game to call. But Mitch Trubisky is that bad. I'm taking Flacco mile high. Broncos win. Yeah, it's mile high as well. A Bears defense. I think this is. A, I actually genuinely think this is a coin flip game, and not for the right reasons. I'm going to take the Bears. I think the Bears are a really talented team. Um, I, feel, I don't like the idea of Vic Fangio going home and two. I want him to be a success. But man, that I offense don't. was tough to watch. It was like five a.m. and I was having to watch Joe Flacco. Just absolutely poop the bed in the red zone constantly. Mm. Ugh. Yeah, I'm taking the Bears out of spite. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks, mate. Eagles, Fal- <laughs> Eagles Falcons. Bird Derby. This is, great. this is a great bird derby. A game that we've seen in the postseason. A game that we've seen uh, really significant performances from these two Super Bowl appearances, Super Bowl winners, of course, in the Eagles' case. Uh, over the Patriots in recent years. I do still have real concerns over Dan Quinn's coaching, and that didn't go away against the Minnesota Vikings. This was meant to be the Matt Ryan bounce-back year, and it just wasn't. I get they put on points late, but it was was pretty ugly early on from this Falcons side. Then again, it was ugly early on from the Eagles. They went down big to Washington. Difference is they came back and won. Uh, I, I like the Eagles' backfield. That's one thing I will say. Sproles, Darren Sproles can't be in his 30s. It's ridiculous how he continues to look as good as he does. That Sproles-Howard-Sanders run game could cause the Falcons all sorts of problems. And I think they've got problems with their offensive line, the Falcons. I think the Eagles go on the road and get a win here. Yeah, I think I've taken the Eagles as well. Um, the Falcons and don't look like a very good team at all. All right, they were up against Minnesota in their building, first game of the season, but Matt Ryan didn't look great. Devonta Freeman looked dreadful, and they didn't have really any answers until it came into gunk time. So, all right, I'm on gridiron pickings. I've taken the Falcons. Uh, yeah, bounce back from the Falcons. The Eagles will go one and one. You can switch it. You really I know, you but I, I just, yeah, maybe I should change it. I think the Eagles are a better the Eagles are a better team. Yeah. This is a real coin flip though. Falcons. The Eagles no. are a better team. And and here's the thing. I am a massive, massive Matt Ryan apologist, and I do still think that he is a class quarterback. But he's not the best quarterback in this game of football. I am taking Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles to go on the road and get a win in prime time. He was really good after a rough, uh, after a rocky start of his own last week. Fair, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm taking him. It's happening. Falcons it's me. Happening. Falcons me. The classic case of Falcons me from Ollie. <laughs> yeah, classic case. And then you've got the Monday night game: Browns Jets. Sam Darnold's got mono. I'm taking the Browns. The Trevor, the Trevor Simeon uh, revenge game. No, is that a thing? No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think isn't it funny? Without Sam Darnold, you've, we've immediately gone in that direction. But the Jets, the Jets were good for such long periods last week. 
such very long periods. And then it just all collapsed like a fan in a cupboard. I'm not, I'm just not into the Adam Gase thing. I never have been. I don't know if I ever will be. He's a good coordinator. He's not a very good head coach. I think the Browns bounce back. I think we come out of this game with the Jets making the excuse of not having their quarterback. Mm. That's the, that is the easy excuse for this not being a very nice performance. And I think the, the fact is, is, whichever way this game went this week, we were going to be talking about the negative headlines. The, the, the NFL press were going to be talking about the team that were 0-2, not the team that had bounced back in fantastic fashion. I think the 0-2 team are going to be the uh, the New York Jets, Cleveland Browns for me. Come on, baby. Yeah. But if this, to, be, to be clear, because Jets fans will be annoyed that we've done this, I will say the Jets' defence is, is still a decent unit and... As we saw last week, the offensive line of the Browns, no good, not good at all. No. So, no, I, I can absolutely see the Jets waxing the Browns as well. I just I just think the more likely thing is that the Browns are going to win. And that's how this game works. <laughs> that's, uh, that's how predicting works. Look, if mono-afflicted Darnold was playing, I'd have taken the Jets. So that's that, that's how this whole thing works. That's how mono works, guys. <laughs> mono, baby. It's just mono. <laughs> God. Uh, that's it. We did it. We really did it. Well done, bud. Uh, me, Sam, a pants at home. You in a tiny news booth. Glad that I'm not there. Now doubly glad I'm not there, knowing that I'm sat just kind of covered loosely by a uh, by a. Come on, mate. What are you doing? Uh, I'm glad I'm not there. <laughs> what, what, what is all of this? Why, what? What? What do you mean you're glad you're not here? Well, I don't... Never say that. I don't want to see you in you your pants. You sent me a lovely text message. You sent me a lovely text message the other night going, oh, man, we need to spend more time together. Because you're buggering off to Japan soon. Yeah, well, so, you buggered off to you know, to America. Yeah, it did. And yeah. it was wonderful. Yeah, and... Uh, it's probably wonderful too, but... To be fair, yeah. All of that. All of that. Thanks, you bud. You sticky little bugger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as always, at Gridiron on Twitter, at UK and Gridiron on Instagram. If you haven't checked out the NFL 100 show, please do, because I think it's really, really good stuff. Um, Matt Sherry, I think the official announcement's now happened for his book, is writing a book on the 100-year history of the NFL, told in its 20 most important games. Uh, through doing that, he's spoken to dozens and dozens of Hall of Famers. And so we figured for the 100th season, we will tell the stories of the great rivalries that are happening each week based on the players that are involved in them. So if week one, we did Bears, Packers. Week two, we did 49ers, Bengals. And really, it was a look at Bill Walsh and the inventing of the, the West Coast offense. Uh, so they are both really, really worth going and checking out. Um, Jerry Rice, Roger Craig, Sam Weish, Ken Anderson were our guests on this week's show, a superstar panel. So please do go and check that out. Otherwise, Ollie, any final thoughts? No final thoughts. Let's hope England can get Steve Smith out, yeah? Oh, I haven't had the cricket on while we've been doing this. What's wrong with me? Well, it's been lunch, so (laughs) it was perfectly timed. It's just starting now. Get it on. It's going back on. It's going on while I upload the podcast for you wonderful people. Thank you for listening. This has been The Gridiron Show. Brilliant. Mate, do you want me to sort out the two little edits, or do you just want to do it? Uh, Feel free. We Danes are a modest bunch. We enjoy simple pleasures. As such, we tend not to blow our own trumpets. 
But since Carlsberg Export has a refined, full-bodied and rather satisfying taste, perhaps just this once. Too much? Probably. Carlsberg Export, probably the most modest beer in the world. Enjoy responsibly. Drinkaware.co.uk for the facts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.